Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a fellow Canadian. I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and we have our guest today who's actually from the Toronto area originally, but she's moved to Calgary just a few weeks ago, and now she's in Calgary, Alberta, which is the next province over from British Columbia, where I'm from. I'm actually not in British Columbia, I'm in a different Columbia. I'm actually in uh, Medellin, Colombia. And uh, Medellin is the second biggest city in Colombia and South America. And we're traveling around here for about a month. And uh, before we go do our sightseeing, had to uh, interview Sarah about her amazing vlog called Solo Mom Takes Flight. And she's actually a married mom uh, and uh, she loves taking adventures with her two kids. And uh, she really focuses on the area of adventure travel with children and I, I know that's something I definitely need to do more of more adventure travel so looking forward to the interview so Sarah uh, to start off with why didn't you tell us a little bit more about yourself your family and what got you so passionate about travel sure um, I have two little kids I have Will who's nine and Charlie who's seven um, and we've been traveling essentially for nine years as Canadians we're really lucky as you know we get quite a maternity leave here so I took a year off from being a lawyer and started traveling with Will and passion just became so much more than that and so we kept going and I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, we've been able to translate it into a blog and into some freelance work and ways to help us fund our travels which has been pretty cool very cool. So tell us about some of the major sightseeing you've done, uh, you know, since having the two kids. Tell us about uh, maybe some of your favorite cities, countries, continents, sure. um, and sightseeing we, places you've gone to. We started in, um, when the kids were really young, we started doing stuff in America. And I grew up spending a lot of time in Florida. And so we did what was comfortable, especially because I was alone uh, with two small, small kids. And so when they were just babies, uh, we did a lot of South Carolina, which I fell head over heels in love for. And actually I'm packing up to head back there next week. Um, and then we spent a lot of time in Florida. And then when they were about three and four, I got the grand idea that I should drive from Toronto to Texas by myself with these two. Um, on a road trip. So it was about 11,000 kilometers. Uh, it took us two months, essentially. It took us the summer and we had a blast. We got to meet a lot of people in this industry who, you know, found us on Twitter and invited us to dinners and into their homes and made a lot of cool friends doing that. And then um, we just kept going. So, you know, we've done a lot of the traditional kid stuff. And then I sort of decided that it was time to really stretch our limits. And so our biggest trip was probably two years ago. We canceled Christmas. You have kids, so you know how Christmas can be. Um, and we started getting tired of the stuff. So we just said, you know what, enough with this, enough with Santa. And uh, we took them to Kenya. And uh, so we did a big tour of Kenya with Intrepid Travel. And there weren't gifts. The kids each got uh, a set of Pokemon cards from Santa and a $50 bill to um, an American $50 bill to give to someone they met in Kenya. Um, and it was the trip of a lifetime. From then, we've been through Hawaii, most of Canada, and most of the states. And we're out hiking, and you know, we're not, we're doing different stuff now. We're driving a lot, and we're out doing adventures, and it's a lot of fun. A lot to unpack uh, based on what you've said. Uh, I would love to cover that road trip. First of all, I mean, Texas, uh, Toronto, te Texas is a long way. And I know uh, having kids, I have three uh, young ones. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. You know, when we do uh, trips in BC or Alberta, it is a lot of work because they get bored 
in the car seats and uh, they start whining and crying and are we there yet and uh, uh, where, where, when's the washroom break and uh, you know uh, can we stop now so uh, I would love to hear your perspective on uh, family road trips uh, how do you keep them engaged and uh, not whiny when they're doing an amazing trip like you did from um, Toronto to Texas yeah I think it, it was really the age of your kids when we did it um, I mean they were three and four, or maybe three and five. They Three and five, probably, will it just turn five? Um, it was really interesting. I, I went through the border in Montreal outside of Mont-Tremblant. We went there and did some hiking, had some fun, and then went across the border. And of course, like you've traveled with kids. I, I have this minivan just full of stuff. And uh, my daughter's got some pretty severe allergies, so we, uh, we carry a lot of food for her. So the border guard kind of stopped me and said, like, where the hell are you going? And so I explained, I said, you know, we're driving to Texas and, and we didn't know where we were staying that night. And we were actually headed to Vermont for a while. And he just, I think he kept me there for about 35 minutes, but I think it was more the shock of what the hell we were doing and why I was going by myself. Um, but you know, it is, it is this sort of thing that with our kids, I've, I made a real rule really early on that you weren't to ask, are we there yet? Um, cause the answer is no, we're never, we're never there. <laughs> we're never there. And it takes a while. Um, so what we do is I sort of, when they were younger, I capped it off at about five hours in the car and I always made sure we had a hotel with a pool, um, or like an Airbnb with a pool wherever we were staying, it had to have a pool. And so that was sort of the big reward was at the end of the day, you know, you got out of the car, we went to the pool. And then we'd usually spend a day exploring the city we were in or the area we were in. So you'd have a day off in between each day. Um, I made a few mistakes on that road trip and I learned a lot about, you know, finding parks and, and remembering that they're kids and, and just taking them out of the car. If you, if you have, you know, some of the states, they have these great uh, restaurants and stuff on the side of the road that all have little parks and when you see them just take advantage of it and get your kids out of the car i mean it, it'll change your road trip for your life for sure so uh, pretty amazing you did uh first from toronto to texas and then you do christmas in kenya i love the alliterations and what yeah. you do uh so uh, tell us about uh, what did uh, it teach the kids i mean you, you mentioned things like giving the money not for themselves to buy Christmas gifts, but actually to uh, to give to a local family or a local person in need. Uh, walk us through how that looks like in terms of what did they end up doing with those fifty dollars bills? Kenya, um, you know, Kenya. It, it was a really interesting time. We uh, we were actually trying to go to Morocco, and for some reason the tour didn't work out. And so I I called my husband, and you know he was on some phone call and. On the cell phone, I said, "Hey, just so you know, we're going to Kenya for Christmas." And then I hung up and <laughs> booked the trip. And uh, it was, you know, it was probably like mid-July, so he was okay with it. And uh, we grabbed some friends of ours that came with us, which was an interesting twist. We had two friends that were about to get married and weren't doing a honeymoon, and so they did a pre-honeymoon with my kids in Kenya. So um, you know, we arrived in Kenya and. Uh, we knew pretty early on that this trip was to show our kids what was going on elsewhere in the world. And so um, we had a lot of talks before we got there about safety and security. And, you know, I think I was really riled up. And in the end, Kenya felt safe and it, it, it felt amazing. And uh, I guess the second morning we were there, we had these kids kind of come up to the fence and we were in some random gated um, trailer park thing that you camp in. 
Um, and we were intense. I wanted everybody to know we were intense. We were like, hey, she's so cute. Um, and so uh, the kids just sort of, you know, these kids wanted to come in and, and the people from the park said no. And so we ended up, I had a talk with them and we ended up canceling our safari for that day and spending the day in the village with these kids who very kindly welcomed us into their homes and introduced us to their parents and, and fed us and showed us how they made money. And, um, you know, there was chicken farmers and there was a woman that made beads out of magazines and she taught uh, myself and Charlie how to do it. And so, I mean, it was the trip itself and what they learned, you know, I think a big part of, of Kenya was the drinking water and, and watching people that really had a lot less than us, but were extremely happy. And I, I think it really changed their opinion on, on what you need in life to make you happy. And, and, you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if my kids end up in Kenya at some point or end up in Africa between college or, you know, doing something there. Cause I think it really touched them both drastically. Yeah, Africa has that effect on you. We were actually in Africa earlier this year. Uh, we just focused on the country of South Africa, but a lot of poverty there, a lot of corruption, a lot of uh, political tension, a lot of racial tension, and it uh, definitely moves you at a very deep inner level. So I can see why uh, Kenya has transformed you and especially your kids. Uh, so I'll tell you one really cool thing too. One of the, uh, with the tour, we had uh, a chef and a driver, and uh, the driver was a devout Muslim and the chef was extremely Christian. Um, and to spend Christmas with these men who, who gave us their holidays while they were away from their families. And, you know, every night they sat down and they told the kids about their kids. And what really came through was the amount of medication we had brought and, and the fact that these people, you know, working men who, who give it all have absolutely no access to that sort of stuff. And so the kids really cutely, um, once we were leaving, left all their stuff. And so we came home with completely empty backpacks and no medicine. And, and you know, it was great. It was great to show them that it's easy to help people that way. So uh, tell us about the travel blog, Sarah. I mean, you have an amazing travel blog called Solo Mom Takes Flight. And uh, tell us more about when did you start it and what are the major themes and topics you cover on the website? Yeah, so we, it started, um, I guess, maybe six years ago, I'm not really sure. It's a, it's a total passion of mine. And I think when I didn't go back to work, um, although we were traveling, I was really looking for something. You know, I went to baking school and I, I did all these different things and I tried working from home and I just didn't find anything that was fulfilling or really making me that happy. And then as I was traveling with the kids, um, people kept asking, you know, oh, why do you do it or how do you do it? And, and we did a trip to Disney when Charlie would have been about seven months old and Will was, I guess, probably two, um, we did a trip to Disney, the three of us. And I learned all these crazy tricks about Disney because I showed up with, you know, I'm that mom with a giant double stroller and by myself. And uh, the parking guy said, oh, you park here, you get on the tram. And I just looked completely bewildered. And he led me to this, like, parking lot where if you're by yourself with your kids, it's sort of behind where accessibility parking is, there's like some weird parking lot. And then he told me all these tricks about how they could label my stroller and they would move my stroller for me. And we went to Animal Kingdom and to go on the some train. They actually had a staff member come with me 
it, it was crazy. And I was like, you know what, these people need to know that these options are out there. So if you're in a situation that you want to travel alone with your kids or you are alone with your kids or you chose to have a child by yourself, you don't have to worry about this stuff because there are people out there that will help and, and be considerate. And, and so I just started writing about it to help kind of empower people to feel like they can do it too and, and do this fun stuff. So uh, one of your focus points is uh, adventure travel with kids. So uh, a lot of parents that just do the typical Disney vacation or the all-inclusive in Hawaii or Mexico, and maybe some adventure stuff locally, but you do it pretty much across the globe. Uh, so walk us through why, uh, why and how you do these adventure trips with your children. Why? Um, God. You know, I think a few years ago we came out to Calgary, which we've now moved here. We fell so in love with it. And... Uh, and we had some friends and I watched their kids, you know, conquer these mountains at like two years old. And I thought, we're really missing something here. And so we went home and I've always been pretty active. I've always scuba dived, I've always rock climbed. And so the kids got into rock climbing and we got into hiking and, and you know, snorkeling and fishing and doing all this weird stuff. And I think what we do when we plan things is even if we're at a resort, we like to know what's around, and uh, the best way to do that is to talk to the staff that's grown up there. Uh, we were at Beaches a few years ago, and we met this amazing guy um, who helped us with our breakfast two days in a row, and then I convinced him to take us to his house. <laughs> and so we went, and his parents had this awesome farm, and, and we went and uh, met his family, and his mom actually ended up coming um, to the resort with me, or actually his grandma, because she had never been in a pool. So the next day I signed her in and she spent the day with me and the kids in the resort, which was amazing. Um, but I think it is really important when you're doing this stuff. And, you know, even in Orlando, there's so many cool opportunities out there. There's a lot of stuff to do, but there's a lot of volunteer stuff in Orlando that you can help out and you can show your kids that it's not just Disney. And, you know, there's other ways to do it. There's a cool place called Give Kids the World where you can volunteer for a day and it's uh, make a wish kids that go to Disney stay there. So you can work as like the person scooping ice cream or you can just help out with crafts. And it's just a good way to show your kids that it's not all pretty and, and okay. And, and there's ways to help out wherever you are. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, as we're speaking, we're actually at an orphanage in uh, Medellin, Colombia. And uh, today's Sunday. Uh, so they had a Sunday school here at the orphanage and uh, a Sunday worship service. And uh, um, most of the kids here don't actually have parents. They've actually uh, either been orphaned or they come from broken homes. And uh, the kids are really learning about that, um, not just from um, National Geographic or from the TV or from the Internet, but actually by experiencing it in real life. And, um we're actually learning more than we're able to give. Uh, sometimes when you come and volunteer, you feel, oh, I'm going to give, I'm going to serve, I'm going to do this. But actually, uh, I'm going to actually show you a quick uh, video here. So they're, they're actually feeding us, and uh, there's the food they cook for us, and there's Aww. some of the staff here, lovely staff here. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, most of them don't actually speak English, so we're, we're doing it all by hand gestures and body language. So, <laughs> and a little bit of Spanish, which we're struggling yeah. with. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, tell us about um, you know the the income side of your blog. Uh, a lot of people want to make income so they can travel the world. Uh, tell us about how you've monetized your travel website. Yeah, you know we've done it a few different ways. We um, I don't run a lot of ads, and um, it doesn't really have anything to do besides the fact that I really haven't monetized that side of it. What I've what I really am passionate about is the writing 
And so I've been able to monetize um, both in sponsored posts on my own blog, but then in writing opportunities. Um, that trip to Africa, well, two years ago now, I've probably sold about eight articles um, from that one trip. And so I think you have to realize that a lot of this content, you know, just take every picture you can. A lot of this content you can turn in different ways. And I mean, there's so many sides of that trip that was that was able to be written about. Um, so some of my best content isn't always on my site and, and that's a big way to, that I monetize. Um, I'm also doing a little bit of magazine writing, which is a lot of fun. And uh, I've done a little bit of consultation, but I've done more of that um, where I've done it complimentary and you know for a few hours and then as it gets a little harder i've i've been able to make some money off that so that's mostly what we do and mostly we've we've uh, monetized our instagram account so um i think there's a lot a lot in social media of opportunity whether it's twitter or instagram or facebook live i don't do a lot of live recordings but i i think there's a real there's a real income there if you're someone that's really good at it. And so, you know, we're, I'm pretty good at Instagram. And so that's what I've stuck to. Um, but there's tons of ops out there. If you, you stick to it and you just dedicate yourself to good photos and knowing what you're doing and running those Instagram stories, the opportunities will come for sure. So you mentioned Instagram monetization, and uh, we actually had a specialist in the area talk about it. some ways that she monetized Instagram, but uh, you said that was one of the ways that you were able to monetize your blog. Uh, walk us through how uh, you make money through something like Instagram. I've had a lot of companies reach out to me on Instagram, and uh, interestingly enough, we don't do, I mean, if you go through my Instagram at some point, we don't really do sponsored posts on Instagram. We do a lot of, uh, like, we don't do gear, we don't do products. Um, so the people that have reached out to me have have been great in that they've said, you know, we'd like you to use your own photos. We'd like them to be destination photos. And we'd like you to link to like our booking website. And it's been a great opportunity for me because it's pictures I would put up anyways. And, and I've had the ability to really keep to my brand and to be able to say, sorry, you know, I don't do this or I don't do that. Um, but the one thing I do is I really protect Instagram because it is something that I've, I've found you can monetize. So if I'm asked to do certain things on my blog, um, having to do with food or having to do with products, I, I'm very clear that that won't make it to Instagram and that's a completely different charge. And so that's been one way that I've been able to do a little bit of both and keep them separate. So, uh, Sarah, what is your vision going forward? You have a successful blog now. You've been running for many years. You've moved to Alberta. Uh, you have these two wonderful kids. You love adventure travel. Tell us about where you intend to take them uh, in the months and years to come. Yeah, you know, we've got a lot going on right now. Um, we've sort of wrapped up. We're wrapping up our, our American side of things. We're going um, to Universal next week. We're... Um, huge Harry Potter fans and I'm not gonna lie about that um, so we're gonna go geek out at Universal um, and then we've sort of had a family meeting where we've sat down and, and gone through the things we've done we have this really cool cork globe uh, where we've put some pins in of, of where we're going next and so a big trip I'm I'll be turning 40 um, Rick uh, in uh, a few years and so we're planning a huge trip to the Galapagos um, for my 40th. So we're going to get a boat and uh, just show the kids nature and, and do that sort of thing. And then another dream trip of ours is um, 
to go um, hang out in Madagascar, the lemurs and all that stuff. And so those are our two big trips we're looking at now. And that's just that's just a question of flights and funding. Um, as you know, there's some great deals on Canadian flight, and I'm sure there's huge American sites that do this too, but uh, we use Next Departure quite a bit. It's a great site in Canada. And, uh, you know, you see those posts and you're talking $400 return, $500 return to India or Shanghai. And so right now we're actually keeping our eyes on those. And uh, the kids have quite a bit of time off in Alberta schools have a little bit more vacation time. And so we've set Skyscanner up and we're just waiting to see what pops up in great flights and then we'll go. You know what, I actually turned 40 this year and we had a big celebration in the Kruger National Park, which is one of the major game parks yeah. around the world. And uh, I highly recommend, you know, when you're, you know, turning 30, 40, 50, 60, to do one of these epic adventures because it's so memorable. And I, um, it really plants a milestone in your life uh, journey. So good on you for planning that Galapagos journey when you turn 40. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, find out about your blog, maybe ask you some questions about family travel or travel blogging, uh, what are the different uh, avenues by which they can connect with you? Well, I'm on Facebook, which is probably, uh, and by on Facebook, I'm on Facebook 12 hours a day probably, <laughs> so you can connect me. I'm Sarah K. Pittard, uh, just shoot me a friend request. Um, I'm always on Messenger. I'm happy to answer questions. You can hit up my blog. Um, and then Sarah at solomomtakesflight.com is the email you can reach me at. And then on Instagram, it's solomomtakesflight, Twitter, solomomtravel. And you can message me on any of those. I'm, I'm around and I love, I love talking to people that are passionate about this. And I'm, you know, if you have random questions, I, I love helping people plan trips with their kids. And if you're nervous about doing it alone, please feel free to reach out. Yeah, I highly recommend connecting with Sarah. As you can tell uh, by this interview, she's a wealth of experience and expertise in this uh, topic about adventure travel with kids, about solo travel with just one parent and kids, and about overseas travel to places like Kenya and beyond. Uh, so thanks again for your time over there in Alberta today. And we'll catch up with you soon, Sarah. Okay, thanks so much, Rick. Uh, so once again, uh, make sure you check out Sarah's website, uh, Solo Mom Cakes Flight. We'll have a link below if you're watching this. It'll be on the YouTube description. If you're listening to this on iTunes, it'll be on the show notes. So thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>